Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, I'm Gavin Emmett and this is the BT Sport MotoGP podcast. Today I'm joined by Keith Ewan and Julian Ryder at Assen ahead of the Dutch TT round eight of the MotoGP World Championship. Uh, since we last spoke, um, of course, first things first, the funeral of Louis Salom took place in Mallorca. Loads of the MotoGP uh, fraternity were out there as well from the big bosses, riders like Jorge Lorenzo, the Marquez brothers. Uh, that kind of thing. And, and it's three weeks now, obviously, since that uh, sad occurrence when we were in Barcelona. But now when the riders come to us and clearing their minds. I think their minds are clearer, obviously. And I think also they've had that time to reflect on some of their responses, which were a little less than perfect, perhaps after Louis Salom. The press conference got a bit bitter on the Saturday night, didn't it? And the, a lot of to and fro between some of the top riders. But I think looking on the positive side, Gavin Jules, if I might, is that um, Valentino Rossi and Jorge Lorenzo have both agreed to do the safety commission uh, meetings now. And, and, and I think Bradley Smith, who was brilliant as ever, Bradley as, as an orator, is, is, is great. He comes up with very valid points. And he basically had a proper go at the, 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 some of the main men that mm. were, were now voicing opinions or were then voicing opinions about something that they weren't interacting. It's like, like having a vote... And, and uh, moaning not about, using it. Yeah, and moaning about the result. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So I think that now Valentino and Jorge are taking part in that. And big names like that make things happen. I couldn't agree more. And the, uh, the, we're talking now on the Friday, aren't we? So the Safety Commission meets this evening to talk about what to do about that corner in Barcelona. Well, I mean, the amazing thing is, I think, as uh, Gav was looking at me there to get straight in on it, is that... Some of the questions that were asked were why do not why do, do the riders not why did they not see that chink in the armour of safety at Catalonia? And I can answer that. I mean, and Hodgie have discussed this in the car and since that that it's something when you go and do your walk, your track walk, your ride round on your motorbike, whatever you do, you run round, you're looking at your racing line, you're looking at the curbs, you're looking at the grip, you're looking at the the track, the, the the ripples in the track, the tarmac changes and all the other things, you're actually not looking at where you're going to end up if you crash. So I think from a rider perspective, it's very difficult. I mean, I'm sure riders are now focusing on that and we'll see more flaws in tracks and we will see more interaction amongst it. But I think right up to that point, and it's so rare that we have someone killed now in MotoGP that it's it, it's not been fresh in everybody's mind to yes. look for that kind of thing. Yes, it's, um, and Valentino mentioned other corners like the last corner at Jerez going out under the oval circuit at Mategi, for instance, other questionable safety corners. I never, uh, I know Catalonia. I've run around Catalonia and do you know what? I never, ever noticed that strip of tarmac without mm. gravel on it at that point. I mean, it, it's only going to affect you if you if you don't 
if you if you crash in a straight line, in other words, in the wet on the brakes, and we've heard or from as the he team, did. it seemed he, he hit a bump. Well, there, the there is a slight change of tarmac there, I think, at that mm. point. And he was later on the brakes than he'd been because he was slower yeah. onto that straight. Big on an outlap. On an outlap. So, therefore, he, he braked a little later. So, it wasn't quite the same scenario as he'd yeah. been used to. And that's what cost him. But when we saw it, we only saw it from a CCTV footage, which was side-on, looking back up from the final turn. And he didn't decelerate across when he, when he crashed. He didn't decelerate. Me and Hodgie looked at each other horrified. There was no retardation in, in speed. Um, but then when you looked at the helicopter overhead of just the track, obviously they didn't show us the, the pictures of it, um, you could see there was tarmac there. And, mm. and, and we both looked at each other and thought, how can that be? We'd not noticed. Yeah, it's, uh, So should Franco and Trini have noticed? I'm not going to point the finger at anybody. I think collectively as a group, well, we all you, have you safety. You explained it, didn't you? The, the yeah. top, everyone's thinking about safety. Everybody, yeah. all the time. No one ever takes their eye off the ball. Yeah. But it just goes to show you that with a moment of complacency... If that is the case, we miss that. That's exactly what Bradley Smith said, wasn't it? When he said, as a safety commissioner, have I somehow failed in my duty by not noticing this? Well, the thing uh, is, obviously it did happen. It was a tragic occurrence. The team is back out racing this weekend. One-man team of uh, Jessica Raffin for the rest of the year. Really nice uh, that the team are out there. I think that will do his uh, memory justice as well. I think that's, a, that's a, the perfect way for a team to respond is that they are a professional outfit. They need to be represented at, motor, at this level still. So the fact they keep their, their rider out there, they haven't folded up the whole operation, but yet they do not replace the fallen yeah. man. I think that's a very respectful I, way of continuing. And of course, in, uh, to bring it back to earth, you keep 15 people and more in jobs. Which is a real tough ask nowadays, yeah, particularly yeah. In, at that level. Well, the show must go on, as, as we do say. But as the signs all said in Catalonia, Luis Salon will always be in our hearts. Uh, one positive thing uh, as well, if we can say that in, in inverted commas to come out of it, was the, the Rossi and Marquez truce almost. The handshake in Parc Ferme, hands on shoulders following the race in, uh, in the press conference as well. Um, I'm not sure that we can call them friends right now, <laughs> but the, the comment that I heard from Mark Marquez was at least we know there's respect amongst us once more. It was a fitting finale to a, a tragic and an emotional weekend. And I think that, that, you know, it might have been a bit through gritted teeth, but I think Valentino responded properly. Mark Marquez responded properly in part Ferme. I don't know about you, Jules, but I had a bit of a warm heart when I saw that after a very, Completely. very emotional weekend. Perspective. Completely. Marquez went over towards Valley in um, part Ferme, went to put his hand out, and Valentino was straight there to shake his hand. Yeah, there was no hesitation. Nothing at all. No, but no. we know they're not really friends again. They'll still be out no. there racing. And we remember last year here at this circuit, this is where the feud really started. They, they, they didn't shake hands before the press conference on Thursday, I might add. It's a deep wound at the end of the day. And also, you, you, you mustn't mistake focus for unfriendliness. You, know, you, you, uh, you look at some of these guys nowadays, they, they don't talk... You know, before, after, or during. You know, they're focused so much on what they're doing. Look at the Formula One guys when they've just finished a Formula One race. As if I take it away from our own group and, and go somewhere else completely, they don't even talk to each other. There's the three that are going to go off on the podium in a moment. They're in that little room at the back and they hardly talk to each other. Focus and they're, they're downloading all the information that's just come through from the race that they've got in their head that they want to debrief with. And it is literally, they're like machines with focus nowadays. And I, I, I sometimes wonder whether we misinterpret perhaps unfriendliness. I'm not saying they are friends no, because they're not. Because they're we know probably that. not. Yeah, indeed. absolutely. But why should they be? They're not required to be friends. They shared per- a little bit of a joke, didn't they, in the press conference, both yeah. at least laughing you know, each other, which hadn't been happening. I have yeah. to say that Mark Marcus handled it very well. And Valentino... 
He didn't look like he wanted to laugh, but he couldn't help himself because yeah, yeah. it was funny. I, I agree completely. Marquez has led Valentino in this, like the arm around each other in the press conference after Barcelona. Mark put the arm on the shoulder. Valentino looked extremely discomforted and gave a one-word answer to a question, a squeaked, yes, you know. I think Mark has... Come just, of age, just, he's, 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 managing, yeah. he's managing the plot, isn't yeah, he, at which, the moment? Of course, in previous years, the man who would have managed that scenario... Valentino would have them all on strings. Another big talking point out of uh, Barcelona was Andre Iannone, and he's going to start this uh, Grand Prix from the back of the grid. Um, that's the decision that the race direction have handed out. He's been fastest in the two free practice sessions so far uh, this weekend that we've had here at Assen. But you both said, actually, in commentary, you thought he may be banned for the race. I've heard other people say that was uh, it was a red card offence, that, that kind of thing. What are your thoughts on it now? I think the emotional side of it is says, says red card, yes. But, I mean, when you look at the implications and the implementation of the rules. I think Mike Webb has been very fair. I think emotionally people don't feel it's enough. Uh, it's not enough of a slap of the wrist. <laughs> Some people have even got to the, to the point where they say it's, it's going to be even less safe having Ian only trying to carve his way through the field. <laughs> and there is that, that Twitter. I've, I've put it on my Twitter feed again. You know, the, 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 the picture of the uh, JCB digger with the number 29 on it coming through from the back. He's going to scoop them all up from behind. But yeah, I was he, up expecting someone to mock up uh, him stood at the top of a bowling alley. <laughs> I think that probably has been. I think I've seen something like that. Was that on your Twitter? Oh, no, well, not me. Not me. I'm not that good with Photoshop. But um, he's crashed from four of the seven races so far mm. this year. Uh, we know he's now going to be joined by Alex Rince in that Suzuki team. They won't be regretting any decision they've made, will they? No, because no, he's fast. No. Yeah. You're seeing him at the top of the two. There's yeah. no way that a professional works team is going to be ashamed of someone signing someone that's actually that quick. And, and I, I still think out of the two, out of the Vizioso and Andrea Iannone, Ian Oney still has the most potential future in future. I still think he is going to be the faster man of the it's, two. It's a question of can it, that potential be realised and managed? He's made two completely stupid cock-ups. Well, oh, oh, 09 Mizano? Oh, no, no, I'm talking, I'm talking this, year. this year. This year, thank you. I'm not, I'm not going to go <laughs> not too Not the one historic. with Paul in the Well, hang on a minute. If we're going to go back that far, start thinking Lorenzo when he well, got Marquez. race bans. Yep, Marquez. Marquez. I mean, all Absolutely. these guys, are, you know, yep. there are so many riders that you can pick on regarding misdemeanours. But, but I particularly enjoyed the 9 one with Polo Spargo at the last corner with Mizano because not only did Yonone scoop him up, he then punched him in the sandpit and made borderline racist remarks about the Spaniards afterwards. What have we learned from, from first practice here in MotoGP? As we say, it was a Yononi top. It was Davizioso behind him uh, earlier on today. Marquez looks like he found something in the afternoon Yeah, session. I think Marquez found Marquez. I think the Honda is, <laughs> Honda is horrendous. I think that Honda yeah. looks... I mean, the look on that thing round here. I mean, it looks like a motorbike that's, that's trying to bite your arm off at any given time. It, it's just... I think of it as like a rabid dog. You know, it's yeah. in the corner of your mate's house. You dare not put your hand out to it because you know it's going to bite you. Well, Danny Pedroso, I was out watching out on track and him coming out of the, the Strubbins the tight left-hander first gear corner he's changing up so early so, to, yeah. so early so early to try and keep the power off of it. exactly because obviously he's, he's thinking I can't I and can't. it's still shaking its head all the way yeah. down the straight I yeah. mean the thing is absolutely shaking yeah, its head yeah, everywhere Marquez said on Thursday the difficult tracks he thought were going to be Mugello and uh, Barcelona Rossi within four thousandths of uh, Andre Iannone. And That's ominous, isn't it? He was on pole to victory yeah. here last and year. And like I said about Marquez, that was Valentino Rossi who did that. He just went out and banged that yep. in. Andre Iannone beaten by four thousandths of a second, I think, in the end to top yep. flight in, in FP2. But I tell you what, Valentino... That's going to be Jorge's downfall, is, is seeing his teammates. He's had a bit of a strike. He's been all attitude, hasn't he, this weekend so yeah. far? And this Jorge's memories of this place, really, in Motor Grand Prix years, yeah. are not good. He was brilliant here in 125, 250. 
And this is a place, if Jorge Lorenzo can get a good result out of this place... He'll be on his way. He'll be on his way. Mm. But, 22 but points separating them. He's in the middle, 10 behind Marquez, Rossi in third. But well, it, that's the only good thing to come out of the you know, indeed. intervention, isn't it? That <laughs> brings uh, Valentino Rossi back into play, I suppose, because uh, that 10th world title was looking like that was um, not going to happen. Um, another announcement we got in the press conference was Alex Rince moving to Suzuki for next year. What do you make of that decision? Good move? Yeah, good move. I think uh, the thing I liked about that press conference is how he came to that decision. I mean... The, do you know what astounds me, Julian, at being an old fella like you nowadays, is that, 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 that these kids make decisions, mature decisions at such a young age. They've been a professional motorcycle racer for mm. so long already. But he looked at it, he said the Suzuki family, he spoke with Maverick Vinales about it, he did, did his due diligence all over the place as to what it was like to ride with them. And, and at the end of the day, the decision was made, I think, pretty much that family tilt yeah. was the one that actually put it in the bag for Suzuki. Uh, where does this leave Valencia Spargo? Because we were expecting him ah. yesterday to, to sign for Aprilia. Um, I've read stories today that Stefan Bradler said, I'm not continuing at Aprilia for next year, which we pretty much knew. That, that's a done deal, isn't it? And uh, Bautista is going to Aspars for next year. Well, didn't wasn't it supposed wasn't he supposed to be Aleish on the um, presser on Thursday? But he missed yeah. his flight here, and I, I thought that was to make that announcement. I think everyone thought that really, and. Um, I, I think that will happen at some point. They might save it till Monday now to yeah. not get in amongst the weekend There is news. one ride outside of this paddock still open for grabs that these people might want, which is the second factory Ducati seat in World Superbike alongside Chaz Davis. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure there'll be people looking no. at it. There's yeah, Eugene. Eugene Laverty. <laughs> yeah, I think those, at the I'm moment. Sure. Yeah. Because obviously um, the Bautista angle there is... Uh, well, Bautista's come out and said, uh, he, he's come out and said today that he feels... But Brilliant has not told him he doesn't have a deal for next year. As far as he's concerned, he's still got options there. He says his options are 50-50. But we know Sam Lowe's there. We think Alicia Spargo is going. Be interesting to see which way that one goes. Aprilia, I know, do want to have a third bike. They'd like to have a third bike out there. Is is the Bautista deal with Aspar done, or are we? No, just, that's the thing. That's, that's 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 what I'm. Don't think it's done. I think he's talking to Aspar, uh, Vintia as well. I think, yeah. uh, you so have I, to look at your options. So I, I mean, what I've heard then is maybe overegging the pudding. Go on. That maybe the, the deal isn't done. Maybe he's just talking to him. Yeah, yeah. It sounds everybody like talks it. to everybody. Of course they do. <laughs> yeah. You'd be remiss in your duty if you didn't, wouldn't and, you? And in terms of Eugene Laverty, he'll, he'll be still talking to people. Yeah. He's still uh, waiting for something from us. It's Aspire the great thing of well, being on the, the media and the press side of things is you're trying to dig these things out, winkle them out, isn't yeah. it? I know it was amusing again. We go out to the press conference. The second press conference of Thursday that we don't normally get was Mike Trimby, Carmela Espeleta, mm. of course, CEO of Dorna, and Hervé Poncherol, president of Erta. And. Um, Carmelo Espeleta, who is a star performer, he's a man that he's small, he's old, man, he's powerful, and he looks at you through those eyes and you want to die. And when he rounded on Paolo Scalera, was the funniest thing I've ever Italian seen. Italian journalist who is known as the most cantankerous journalist in the whole of And he got such a slapping in man, public. You're the man who Barry Sheen called Scandalera. That's how far back Scalera's stirring. Yeah, probably Barry, Barry's goes. provided quite a lot of scandals for Scalera to get involved in, I would think. <laughs> if my memory serves me correctly. I think you're correct. Uh, the rides are running out, though, aren't they? Now, Cal Crutcho looks like he's uh, on signed on the dotted line, or at least the option for he's, next year has yeah, been taken up between LCR and himself. But that now puts him out of sync. Everyone else is on a two-year deal, and mm. suddenly he's only got a one-year deal. Mm. And uh, if, uh, Could, Sometimes it can be a blessing. 
it can be, but not if all the good bikes are, are done for two-year <laughs> deals, which yeah. they are. Well, it'll be interesting to see. It looks as though LCR will stay with Honda. The talk of Suzuki and possibly Aprilia was something else I'd heard. I think it was more of a bargaining chip. I think he, he was chasing. And again, he was talking with everyone. because, mm. of, And didn't he sack his manager? Well, yeah, he's no so longer he was with his management team as before. I think he's looking after it himself now. There you go. So, yeah. I mean, he's, he's free to do whatever he wants to do. Mm. But, I mean, I think there, there is no choice, really. And that Honda will get that Honda right yeah, eventually. Maybe, maybe next year. That's what we said year. last year. And, uh, I agree with you completely. That's true, so, we did. Well, but, so, Mark VDS is the next question. Um, Jack Miller's a Honda employee, we assume will stay. Tito Rabat thinking of dropping back to Moda 2 because he ain't enjoying this. Had heard that. Had heard that. Uh, Do you think that's got credibility now? Because I remember mentioning that to you and you weren't too um, too happy to hear it from me at that um, point. Mickey Vandermark. Yeah, you see, Mickey Vandermark. I've Vandermark. heard he's on the radar of Ducati, though. I've heard Ducati are keen to of get him into is. their fold. Yeah, but a Dutchman somewhere. in MotoGP uh, on a Honda, I mean. There is even talk of Mickey Vandermark going to Mark VDS, but in the Moto2 team. Hmm. Ex-World Supersport I'd assumed it was get him in on, on the Motor Grand Prix bike, but what I was sort of told this morning was, well, actually, yeah, maybe, but the um, maybe for a year I, first on a so Motor So much to look for. I'll tell you what, this year has been really the feature of this year is talking about next year, <laughs> I mean, even though we're in the middle it's of a great year. Isn't it? I was thinking to Lucho Cecchinello about uh, Carl Crutchlow's, and he said, normally we're not making these decisions. Okay, we're making the decisions, but nobody knows about them until Bruno yeah. or later in the year. And that all came from that first round of Rossi signing up uh, for another mm. couple of years with Yamaha and, and Bradley Smith to Kate. I mean, it just set yeah. the, and the domino the rally action, in yeah. motion, didn't it? Yeah. Um, moving on to Moto2, Alex Rins, we know, moving on to Suzuki. But the man of the moment is Joan Zarco, wins in the last two races in Italy and in Barcelona. Won here last year as well. The world champion had, might have had a bit of a slow start to the season, but he's back in the groove now. Do you know what? I wonder if... We always talked about Zarco's slight fragility in the past of being able to put it together. And yes. he has quite often mentioned that Aki Io, his, his manager, and the team that he has around him now really has smoothed his path out and his system out. And I wonder if the negotiations to go to a MotoGP team because they've now been settled, been sorted over the last few weeks, whether that has calmed him back into that wonderful rhythm that he's found again in Moto2. I, I think you've got a point, because I was on the point, certainly after three, three or four races this year, I was going to make the silly mistake of saying Zarko's out the championship hunt. Well, and whatever happens now, he's not with the Suzuki in the Suzuki 8 hour. Nori Haga has come in for that one. Um, well, he, tested the, he tested the MotoGP bike, didn't he, in Japan? I'd love, love to know what he thought about that, because a completely neutral... He said um, he loved it. Untainted <laughs> view. I'm sure he would have done, because it's a MotoGP bike. But he bike. wasn't allowed to talk about it. Uh, was there a, a, he, he said, I enjoyed it, but I'm not allowed to, so there to was go a, any deeper. Non-disclosure. Non That's interesting. So. Yeah, you were right, Jules. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but the talk is he'll join Tech Three in MotoGP next year. We'll just have to wait and see more on that. But it'll be Saxon Sa Ring. Hervé tells me Saxon Ring. Yeah, he said, he said that pretty much himself. Sam Lowe's needs to find something here, though, doesn't he? To to claw back. It's not okay. He's second in the championship, but it's almost the uh, the, the confidence. The well, it, the it, I don't know, the uh, the run that he was on at the beginning if of If we're year. talking about share values to get the Hodgson uh, analogy back yeah, in. he loves that stock value, yeah. doesn't he? Rins is going up, Zarco's is shooting up, and Sam is sort of plateaued and looking a bit wobbly. This is the round that sorts it all out. Assen is the round. that We're at round eight now. Sam has got to find, that at the moment, the gap between the top three and Moto2 is very close still, points-wise. points between all three? Something along those lines. Might be 12, actually. I'm not ten sure. between it the three of them. Okay, so ten... You're <laughs> 
Sorry, my maths is still rubbish. Um, Ten points between them, but Zarco winning here and Sam finishing off the podium is going to be a disaster for Sam. Yeah. And will he find that consistency for the rest of the year? If Zarco makes it three in a row... Mm. It's going to shoot one right across their bowels. In Sam's benefit this afternoon, he was the quickest behind Luti and Nakagami. So he's ahead of Rins, who had a big crash, and Zarko, who yep. didn't push on from earlier on today. So it looks like, hopefully, we'll keep it tight in Moto2. <laughs> but this is Assen. Yeah, yeah. any time I look at the record books and see that last year Zarko won from pole, I get nervous on behalf of Sam. Just moving on to Moto3, finally, uh, Jorge Navarro won in Barcelona, but since then, he's been out on a mini motorbike, on a karting track, jumped off the top of it and broken his tib and fib, had an operation, not back here, won't be back until Saxon Ring. And that means with Brad Binder having a 47-point advantage over him, that's that's even bigger, really, now, isn't it? Because well, Navarro's I, not going to score. I think you say Saxon Ring that he might be coming back for. The break I've heard is, was quite a nasty one. Yeah. Um, and that may well, you know, you never know with complications on something like that when we get to Saxon Ring. It might be another round yet that he can't ride properly for. And the fact is his confidence is going to take a knock anyway because he's going to be in great pain. It's only a short period of time. Well, think how long it will have been off a bike. Yeah, you know, exactly. We've got three-week gaps between uh, last time, this time, and next time. And then a four-week gap to... And if you look at the man in third place, he's, he's a, a, a huge amount of points further off. So Binder really has a massive... But then again, we were talking like that about Danny Kent at this point uh, here at Aston. Yeah, but we still felt, didn't we, that the likes of Oliveira were going to win races and win them regularly. At the moment, you're looking at Antonelli, he throws it down the road. Looking at Frenati, not consistent enough. Bastianini just hasn't been there yet this season. It's all playing into the South Africans' camp. At the the, moment, the only right? man with consistency... It, uh, is Binder, Rostrum every race. About the only other bloke finishing top 10 all the time is Nicolo Belega. Yeah. Who's just done another two-year deal with VR46 as well. So uh, deal, uh, that's though. a long, good deal for signed on parties. for Valentino. Oh, indeed it is, yeah. I think so. Uh, but getting back to Binder, they're going to be wrapping him up in bubble wrap, aren't they? Oh, because yeah. what happened to, to put it in context, what happened to Navarro can always happen yeah. to any other competitor. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure Brad's uh, feet are firmly on the ground. Just a final word on Moto3. Danny Webb's back. Danny Webb's back amongst us, the uh, boy from Tunbridge, Kent boy. And uh, he's here this weekend. That's a deep pool that he's just jumped into. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Full of sharks. Yes. Um, uh, he's fresh from the northwest. And from the TT. That says it all for me because that is a, a different style of riding. And, and I think to get sharp again at this level, he's got to pick his pace uh, up here. Half, at Assen. It's halfway through a year when, it's going to be as hard. you say, those sharks have had all the practice. I know he tested the bike pre-season. But only but that's, once in February. Yeah, yeah. That's not a great uh, and advantage. He, he wasn't helped by the fact that it was damp. On the first, be interesting well. to see how his his fitness is as well. I mean, a race fitness at Moto Moto Three level for the for the for what he's got to do here, and particularly if the sun comes up and it's stinking hot here with a load of humidity, like it could like be. it could very well be. You know, his fitness is going to be something that is it sharp enough for for this? I don't know. We'll find out. I'd be surprised. He's been spending his time earning his money as a van driver, so probably not. Yeah, just to explain, he has come in to replace Carol Hanneker, who has now finally been axed by that Platinum Bay real estate team. So we wish Danny Webb all the best this weekend. Uh, and I think we'll leave it there because you can catch all of the live action with us starting on Saturday morning. Uh, we'll have all the free practice sessions for you live uh, from 8am on BT Sport 2. Qualifying from 11am as well. Races on Sunday for the first time since 1925. I'm sure a few of you uh, don't remember that one. Uh, but uh, that was the last time they had a race here on Sunday. It is this year, though, uh, to suit the fans, suit the TV schedules as well. So make sure you tune in on Sunday. We'll have all the races, uh, warm-ups for you live as well, all on BT Sport 2. Thanks very much to Keith 
and to Julian. Make sure as well you download our review podcast following the race here in Assen. And uh, as I say, Sunday is race day here for the Dutch TT. Make sure you join us. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 